friend, you're listening to Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. Each week, I'll bring you inspiration, motivation, and empowering learnings to help you navigate life's unexpected terrains. I believe that the more we know, the faster we grow. So each week, I'll be teaching high-level coaching concepts that you can apply to your real life. Here's to accomplishing big dreams, believing in your inner champion, and living a life filled with ease and joy. Like all navigational tools in the 21st century, I fit right in your pocket. I'm a life coach in your pocket. Happy listening! Hey there, friend. Welcome back to another episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. So happy to be here, back and bringing you content. I am so excited to talk to you today about something called a state of change. And the reason why this topic came up for me as far as teaching this week is because I was talking to a friend this morning, actually, and she was venting to me about just how chaotic her life has felt recently. And without going into her story too much, just the overview picture was that things are very, very stressful in her life right now. There's a lot of chaos and a lot of change. And we've all been through this cycle of change in our life where we go through these changes in our life that feel very chaotic and stressful. And sometimes it even feels like we've hit rock bottom. And when we go through these times in our life where we feel like we've hit rock bottom, it can feel absolutely never ending. Now, if you've ever come out of one of these phases of life, this state of change, you know that there is actually an ending. You just can't see it when you're in the pit, when you're going through all of the chaos and the confusion of not knowing what your life will look like tomorrow, let alone a year from now. Yet when you get to the other side, life is suddenly amazing. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is something called a state of change because we all go through these states of change and I want to talk to you about the different stages you go through in something called a state of change and how to access tools and resources at each stage of the state of change. This will make sense as we continue, but first I want to share a personal story about a time in my life where I went through a change that I would characterize as somewhat traumatic. Like this experience was absolutely horrible and coming out of it was absolutely wonderful at the same time, if you can hold that dichotomy. And I want to talk to you about the time in my life where I went through one of the biggest transitions I've ever gone through. Now, if you know me, you might be thinking, oh, well, Obviously, you're talking about your transition from teaching to being an entrepreneur. And that was a state of change. And it went through a very similar cycle. But the one that was actually the most stressful for me personally was changing my life from a high school student to becoming a college student. For me personally, that was a very difficult state of change. When I was a high school student, life was pretty comfortable for the most part. I knew who I was at school. I knew what was expected of me. I could 
kind of do the bare minimum and get straight A's. Like that was just, I was designed to be in the classroom. Not everyone is. For me, the classroom was really easy, partly because I'm an auditory learner. So I could sit there and listen and ace everything, kind of half-assing my way through school. So I knew how to get really good grades. I knew who I was supposed to be at school. I also knew my role in my family. My family is, I have a mother, a father, and a brother, and me, the youngest. So I kind of knew my role as being the youngest child and the only female daughter. I knew what was expected of me. I knew my routine. My family operated and functioned as these four-person unit for a long time. I also knew who I was in my extended family. In my extended family, I was kind of known as being a goody two-shoes, for lack of a better word. That's kind of the role (laughs) that I took on in my extended family. And life was predictable. I knew who I was and, for the most part, how to function in life. I also knew who I was in my friend groups because I had one friend group in particular that was all boys in me because I grew up in a neighborhood where I actually lived um, in a loop and on this loop, on this block, there were a bunch of teenage boys and me and I was friends with this group of boys and one of them was my high school boyfriend, my high school sweetheart, and we hung out every single day after school. And I kind of knew who I was in that group of friends. I was the only girl. My point is, I knew that I knew that I knew who I was and what was expected of me in these different places in life. Until one day, I didn't. My senior year of high school, my life as I knew it started to crumble underneath me. For starters, my brother was in college, so he was not at home anymore. So being an only child was different for me, and I did not like it, let me tell you. I did not like having all of the attention from my parents because I wanted to spread my wings and grow and not be under a microscope, but I kind of had to now because I was the only child at home. This is also the time in my life where my mom got really, really sick. We did not know at that time what was wrong with her. We just knew something wasn't right. She was starting to experience a lot of pain in her body. She was starting to experience a lot of vertigo. She was unable to get out of bed. She was getting sick a lot and we knew something was wrong, but it wasn't clear what. And she was going to doctor after doctor after doctor to try to find help to try to figure out what was wrong with her. But the more doctors she saw, the more they were uncertain as to what was the problem and the more her health was beginning to decline. And at that time, she actually was starting to have trouble even getting out of bed because the pain in her body and the vertigo was so much she couldn't get out of bed. This was really hard for me. Number one, because to see my mom suffer like that, I felt totally and completely helpless I wanted to fix the situation and had no idea how because we didn't know what was the problem. So how can you know a solution if you don't understand the problem? Number two, 
I had pretty much relied on my faith for my first 18 years of life. Like God was out for my best interest and I knew that and I always knew that everything would be okay. And this was a time in my life where that was really tested and I wasn't sure if everything was going to be okay. And I wasn't convinced that God was out for our best interest because at that same time that my mom was really sick, my aunt died pretty traumatically and pretty suddenly. And she was 42, entirely too young to die. And she left behind a daughter. She was far too young to die. And she had a daughter that was my exact same age, my cousin, whom I was really, really close to at the time. But this traumatic experience began to put a wedge in our relationship because me, being the goody two-shoes child with the perfect family and the perfect upbringing, and her now going through this traumatic experience, it felt like there was this huge chasm between us. And again, I didn't know how to help her. And I didn't know what was going to happen. So for the first time in my life, I couldn't rely on my old worldview And I couldn't rely on, okay, God has my best interest at heart because I began to question that. Does he have my best interest at heart? Does he have my cousin's best interest at heart? Does he have my aunt's best interest at heart? Does he have my mom's best interest at heart? And things began to spiral downward from there. I didn't know this at the time. I had no idea what was happening, but I started to sink into a deep dark depression and in this depression I lost all sense of who I was as a person uh, what to expect in the world around me I lost my my faith a little bit in God that he had my best interest at heart and my world started to crumble and that's when I started to struggle in school and that was yet another identity that started to crumble away because Having been kind of a lazy straight A student, I now was starting to get C's, which may not seem like a big deal, but for one more layer of me to lack who I was in my identity and for me to struggle for the first time in school was a big deal for me as a teenager. At that same time, I began to question my role in my friend group because As a senior in high school, I began to question if I was going to marry my high school sweetheart. And not knowing the answer to that, I didn't feel prepared to make that decision or spend the rest of my life in this friend group without having experienced anything else for me. Now, I know a lot of people marry their high school sweetheart and they're very, very happy. I just began to have doubts. Was this my life? And who was I? And who was I supposed to be? And how was I supposed to figure all of that out? I began to go through an existential crisis. And in my existential crisis, I really did not know how to cope. I saw some of my family members coping with coping mechanisms that seemed scary to me. I saw family members with alcohol addictions. I saw family members with drug addictions. I saw family members experimenting with hardcore drugs. 
And I also saw the consequences of those decisions and it scared the living daylights out of me. So I knew that those were coping mechanisms that I did not want to adopt. But my original coping mechanism, my church, my prayer, my faith in God was shaky. And so since I didn't know if I could trust God at this time in my life, I literally did not know where to go or how to cope. And that's when my depression began to get even worse. So can you imagine for a minute that your whole identity, your role at home, your role in your extended family, your role at school, your role in your friend group suddenly is shattered. That's a very scary place to be standing when you don't know what you're standing on or if you're even standing at all. It kind of feels like a free fall, if I'm being honest, and you have no idea if there's a safety net or if you're going to land on your feet or what's going to happen. You're just falling, 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 and you know when you hit the ground, you're going to hit rock bottom, and it is not going to be pleasant. Well, I'm sure you can think of a time in your life where you went through something, anything that's called a state of change. Now, why is this important to discuss state of change? Number one, if you can understand how state of change happens and that it happens to everyone and that there's an actual cycle to going through a state of change, you understand your life so much clearer. Things are going to click into place when you understand this state of change. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, Rachel, you just explained my whole entire life to me. Yes, that is the goal of this podcast. I want to give you clarity on the times in your life where you're like, what is actually going on? Number two, if you're going through a state of change right now, you'll know where you are in this state of change because I'm going to talk about the five different states of this state of change that you're going to go through, the five stages. So you'll be able to know where you are and what to expect. I'm also going to allow you to look at additional coping mechanisms that are outside of your norm because that is going to help you get to the other side. So that's why understanding state of change is so important and so exciting. So yes, you excited? So that's why. What is a state of change? As I said, a state of change actually has five different stages. Now I want to provide you with a visual and since we're an auditory podcast, I want you to just imagine for a second a straight line from point A to point B. Straight line. It's a short one. Point A to point B. Now we're going to turn that straight line. We're going to add onto it. We're going to add a square root symbol. So first we're going to draw a diagonal line down, right? That's you falling into the pit sometimes. <laughs> now I want you to draw a diagonal line up, 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 and actually higher, higher than your previous flat line. You're going to go way up high. And then it's going to level off with another straight line. So it looks very similar to a square root symbol, except that we have a straight line in the front. This is called a state of change. Now we're going to take that square root symbol with the straight line up at the front and we're going to add the letters. So at the very beginning of the first straight line, it's going to be the letter A. 
and that's literally a straight line to the letter B. The diagonal line goes all the way down to that little pointy part before it starts to go up. That's state C. Then you go way up and at the top of the next straight line is the letter D. At the end, the very end of the last straight line is A prime. So it's letter A with little one, A prime. And I'm going to talk about what all of this means, but I wanted to give you that visual so you have something to hook on the different stages to. So let's talk about letter A for just a second. When you're at letter A, life's pretty good. You know who you are, you know your role, all of your coping mechanisms are working great for you. You are certain that you know that you know that you know who you are and what life is like. You understand the world around you. You understand the people around you. You know what's expected of you and life's kind of great, to be honest. When you get to B, things start to get a little bit tricky. When you get to B, you're finding that your coping mechanisms aren't really certain anymore. There's just a little bit of uncertainty at stage B. At stage B, what people will do is they will go back to A and try to make it better. I want to apply this to myself in my situation before we apply it to your life. Stage A, I know who I am. I know my role at home. I know my role at school. I know my role in my friend group, etc., etc., etc. I know that I know that I know that I'm certain. Well, when my coping mechanism of faith in the Bible and church began to get uncertain, that's when I'm at stage B. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. My coping mechanisms, the way that I understand the world, are beginning to be questioned by me. I don't like this very much. So what happens at stage B is that people will go back to stage A and try to do it better than they did before. They'll just go back from A to B, from A to B, from A to B. So example of this would be if I began to question my faith, what I might do is change churches. Change, maybe I'm going to I'm going to try out a new church. It's still A. It's still the same coping mechanism, but it's different right? So maybe I'm going to try out a new church or I'm going to try out a new Bible study or I'm going to try a new way of praying. Like maybe I'm going to meditate for the first time. It's still in the same worldview, but I'm trying new things. So I'm taking B and I'm going back to A to change it, to make it better. Okay, well that church didn't work for me. Let me try a new one. That denomination didn't work for me. Let me try a new one. That job didn't work for me. Let me get the same exact job at a different company. That would be going from B to A. Another example of going from B to A is going from one relationship to another one that's just like it. So you're at B and you're like, well, this relationship doesn't work. I'm going to get a new relationship. So you go back and you date a different person but then you find out they're the exact same type of personality of the relationship that you just got out of. That's going in the A to B cycle. I'm going to try it again, but unfortunately, 
I'm going to get the same result. These are also people that change their addiction pattern. They go from one addiction to another. They're, they're stuck in an AB cycle. Another example of this is changing therapists. I tried a therapist, didn't love it, tried a new therapist. Now there's nothing wrong with this. This is completely normal and this is called stage B. Stage B is going back to stage A to try to do it again. Okay, we get the picture. Can you think of a time in your life where you're like, oh yes, been there, done that. Yes. What happens, which is really important to understand from the A to B, is going from A to B, that journey, if you can imagine it like a people mover, right? You're going faster and faster and faster each time you try to do A differently. So every time you go to A, you get to B faster. And where, what is B again? Oh, it's not working. So we get to B and we're like, oh, it's not working. Let me try again. Oh, it's not working. Let me try again. Let me try again. Then what happens? What happens is when we go to A to B at lightning speed and we realize it's not working, we begin to fall down into stage C. And stage C feels like a literal pit. It's where we get that expression hitting rock bottom because you think life can't get any worse and then it gets worse and then you're like well at least it can't get any worse and then it gets worse and you're like well at least it can't get any worse and then it gets worse and you're starting to question your own existence let me tell you you are in c c is there's no way back to a it's impossible to get back to a because i'm trapped in a pit so i can't get back to b I can't get back to A to do it better and I don't know how to get out of C because my old coping mechanisms did not work and now I'm stuck here. The symptoms at stage C are not very fun. Stage C can feel really isolating. It can feel really lonely. For some people, it can feel like depression. For some people, it can feel like anxiety. For some people, it can feel like hopelessness, like there's no one and nothing that can help you feel better. Now, how long are you at stage C? It just depends. And I'm going to tell you how you're going to get out of stage C and get to stage D. But it's important to understand that there's no definitive answer for how long a person stays at stage C. A person will stay at stage C as long as they have to, as long as they have to. Some people stay there for a week. Some people stay there for a month. Some people stay there for a year. I was in stage C at this time in my life from my transition. My existential crisis and my depression lasted for seven years. You're free from that. I'm going to tell you how to get through it faster. But I didn't know I didn't have the tools. I didn't know what I know now. So I'm going to save you time because my pit lasted for seven years where things just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse for seven years until I finally was like, oh, I can actually crawl my way out of this pit. Now, something to note at stage C, when you're in the pit, you may feel really trapped. You may feel really out of control. And the reason why you experience these thoughts and emotions is because 
the coping mechanisms that you used at stage A and stage B no longer work. So at stage C, you literally feel like you have no resources because the things that worked before no longer work and you're stuck in a pit that you can't get out of. So this is actually really important information. And once you understand state of change and you start applying it to your life, it's actually really exciting because what do you think has to happen at stage C in order for you to climb all the way up to the top of that square root sign where letter D is? You have to try new things. You have to create new coping mechanisms, healthy coping mechanisms. So my definition of coping mechanisms at stage C is try healthy coping mechanisms, healthy strategies that you didn't try before. Your brain literally creates new neuropathways at stage C because it has to grow. You are forced to grow when you are in stage C. The only way to a new you is to become the new you and release the old you. I'm going to repeat that again. The only way to a new you is to become the new you and release the old you. Your success in a previous stage will not work. So you have to grow. You have to become the new you. This, my friends, is really exciting. The question that you want to ask yourself if you're going through a stage C or you may experience a stage C, if you're lucky in your life, you'll experience at least seven. And the reason why I say you're lucky is because of the growth that comes with this journey. You are lucky if you go through this six or seven times in your life. Trust me, you are. So you're going to ask yourself, what do I need to do that I don't want to do? What do I need to do that the old me does not want to do? That's your answer. Because in order for you to climb your way to D, the very top of that square root flat line, you need new beliefs, you need new strategies, you're going to have a new environment, and you're willing to do whatever it takes to become unlimited. You have unlimited hope, unlimited creativity, and you get to become a whole new person, a better version of yourself. When you're at stage D, you're trying new things. You're trying new strategies. You're like, okay, I'm going to try something different actually. At that stage in my life in high school, I'm going to tell you what I tried on for the first time. I tried on for the first time putting myself first. Caring about who I was as an individual. Not looking to my friend group to tell me who I was. Not looking to my family to tell me who I was. Not looking to my school to tell me who I was. But truly going inside myself to find myself. We all go through this particular state of change. When we're growing out of a community that we belonged to and we're growing into ourself, into our self-identity. This is a journey. It's a rite of passage. We all go through it. That is one state of change. 
that's really the first state of change that somebody gets to go through. Now, you may know someone in your life that's never gone through this particular state of change. It doesn't matter how old they are. If they don't know who they are outside of their family or outside of a certain community, they haven't experienced this particular state of change. And there's no judgment. It's just a fact. They haven't gone through this state of change. When we go through this particular state of change, growing out of our identity as a group and growing into our identity as an individual, we're going to go through a process that allows us to put ourselves first. Now, we don't want to stay here forever. Why? There's not all positives about putting yourself first all the time. That's not pleasant for other people to experience if you're around somebody that only cares about themselves and only puts themselves first all the time. However, if you're experiencing someone like that, we've all done it. We've all done it. We've all been there. So have grace for that person. Set good boundaries, of course, for yourself if you're around people like that. But just know they're going through what they are required to go through in order to leave their family, in order to leave their community. I don't care if they're 14, 15, 18, 25, 35, 45, 60. Some people might not ever grow out of this particular stage of life. Most people do. About 20% of our global population stays at this stage, this neurological level of thinking, where they put themselves first all of the time. 20% of our population. 20% is not a lot, which means most people move on. Some don't. Now I know you're so curious what the other stages are. So once you go through a state of change, what are the different levels that you go through? I'm actually going to cover that on the next podcast. I will cover different levels of neurological thinking. It's actually really fascinating. I'm really excited to go into that podcast, but that deserves its whole own episode. So we're going to spend all of next week's podcast talking about different neurological levels of growth and what you experience at each level of growth. Today, we're just talking about how do you change from one neurological level of thinking to another. And you go through these neurological evolutions and growth when you go through this state of change. When you're at D, that's when you're trying on new strategies. You're literally growing into a new version of yourself that you've never been before. Once you start implementing all of those new strategies, your new belief system, your new view of the world, who you are, the new you, you move to A prime. A prime, life is good. Life is great, actually. Things are working flawlessly. Your life is phenomenal. You're experiencing a mountaintop experience where everything in life is easy, it's effortless, it's fun, it's exciting, it's new. You're loving your life at A prime. Life's phenomenal. Now you get to stay here for as long as your new strategies work and bring you joy and life and ease and flow. You get to stay there for as long as those strategies work. Now typically this is at least a year, at least a year, not always, but I'm just giving you general rule of thumb. 
Usually you have like a great, awesome, amazing year of your life. You're in an A prime. Once those strategies stop working, you're back at B. Here's the thing. You don't need to go through a state of change. Some people never do. But how many times you go through a state of change determines your neurological thinking. It determines your strategies. It determines your growth. So when you go through a state of change, you come out a whole new version of yourself. That's why I'm saying you're lucky if you get to do this five, six, seven times in your life. So on next week's episode, I'll talk about the different neurological levels of thinking so you can understand where you reside, how many states of change have you gone through that have allowed you to grow. And you'll also be able to look at what area of your life are you resisting change and what's going to happen, what's going to be on the other side for you when you decide that you're ready to climb to D and you're, you're ready to try new strategies What's that stage of your life going to look like? What's it going to feel like? What's it going to be like? Who are you going to be at that next level? I'm going to give you those insights next time. But the thing that I want you to take away from this podcast is I want you to understand that state of change is a gift. It is a gift from God because when you can go through a pit like that and you can come out a brand new version of yourself that's a price worth paying my friend and I would go back and pay it again and again and again to be where I'm at now because today I sit before you somebody that's very very sure who I am now again that's probably my a prime talking but I know that I know that I know who I am as an individual And I don't need a group or a community or a label or an identity to tell me who I am. I know who I am because I've gone through these different states of change. I've personally gone through four so far. So I'm really excited to talk to you next week about your neurological levels of thinking. And I'm so curious, what did this episode on state of change give to you? Let me know. Send me an email at CoachRachelBailey at gmail.com and let me know what did you learn. Or better yet, leave me a five-star review. It'll take you just one minute. You're just going to click on that button that says leave a review and let me know what you learned from this episode. I would love to know. Thank you so much, friend. Remember, life is a journey and you're in the driver's seat. I'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if you're looking to get involved in one of my coaching programs, you can reach me directly at coachrachelbailey.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.